don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. It's June 15th and time for your Social and Six update. As always, we're bringing you the six most important news stories from the ever-changing landscape. To fill you in on the news you might have missed and to give you plenty to talk about in our Facebook group. So without further ado, let's get started. Simply put, Reddit is a message board where users submit links. First up today, Reddit promotes Michael Steibel to its board. Yes, the platform has made good on Reddit co-founder Alex Ohanian's wish to be replaced by a black person to improve the board's diversity. The man replacing Alexis is Michael Seibel, who's a partner and CEO of Y Combinator, which is known across the tech world as a startup accelerator and early stage investment firm. Now, Michael is no stranger to Reddit and neither is Y Combinator, which was instrumental in Reddit's launch in 2005. Michael himself has mentored Airbnb's founders and is known and respected throughout Silicon Valley. Michael's also been heavily involved in a movement called Black Tech for Black Lives, which aims to improve society, raise awareness of systemic racism and help black talent in their careers. His appointment follows everything that's been going on in the world right now and the growing conversation around Black Lives Matter and really does look like a meaningful step in the right direction for a company that has been criticised before for amplifying hate speech in the past. Meanwhile, Ireland is now enforcing a Reddit curfew that will see the site temporarily offline between the hours of midnight and 8am to lessen the spread of hate speech from white supremacists in the US. Michael clearly has a number of issues to help address on Reddit's board, but hopefully this is part of the systemic changes we need to introduce to fight systemic racism. Our congratulations to Michael. Yes, basically stories for Twitter. I guess it was only a matter of time. E, Twitter updates, retweets and reactions while Fleets makes its Eastern debut. Yes, Twitter has announced several new features in the last week or so. The first is an update to retweets, which prompts users to rethink their retweet if they haven't clicked to open the article and read it. Apparently that happens about 60% of the time. Now this is of course another effort to combat the spread of misinformation and a commendable one at that. Personally, I think it's a very smart way of introducing friction to halt users who may be in autopilot tweeting mode. The second update from Twitter is actually a test, and that is for emoji reactions, similar to what we have on Facebook. Now, it's not guaranteed that these will come to fruition, as Twitter has been toying with the idea of reactions since 2015 and hasn't made it work as of yet, but never say never. What is interesting is that as well as the usual shocked and laughing faces, there's a unique reaction in Twitter's roster, which is the option to react with fleets, a reference to Twitter's stories feature, which is currently experiencing a staggered rollout trial. Now that brings me on nicely to our third update from Twitter, which is that fleets, aka Twitter stories, has launched in India, making that a total of three markets that now have the feature after Brazil and Italy. Now India is one of Twitter's largest and fastest growing audience markets globally, So I imagine the success of Fleet, which is still classed as an experiment by the platform in India, will be a key informant of the feature's development and success. And finally, an update we've been waiting for for three years. Twitter has finally announced its plans to reinstate the verification process and bring blue ticks back for good. A new request verification button was found buried in Twitter's code by Jane Manchin Wong and later confirmed by Twitter. For those that don't know, in 2017, Jack Dorsey pledged to fix the system after it allowed a white supremacist to gain a blue tick over actual public figures of interest. This time around, Twitter says it will publicly document what qualifies a Twitter user to be verified. No news, though, as of when this will drop. Gay pride, new right, fish die hard. Love this, like that, hate this. 
nah, not here, heart. Now, Instagram has tested a change to stories. Yes, Instagram stories is by far the platform's most successful platform update. It's also remained largely unchanged since launching in 2016, apart from numerous stickers and donation features. But Instagram has confirmed it is testing an alternative user interface. The new interface may see the top bar of Instagram stories, where you can see accounts, changed into a two-tier design, meaning users will be able to see twice as many stories at once. Instagram is also making it easier to flick between stories and the main home screen, and also working on other intuitive ways to increase the time spent here. I imagine the theory is that the more stories you can see at once, the more you're likely to watch. Talking of dwell time, Instagram is also believed to be working on a new update to its all caught up prompts. As you know, Instagram notifies you when you've caught up with all the feed posts you've missed. But this new change will have a feature that lets you browse other suggested accounts. It's a massive win for discoverability and some have said it will play a big role in Instagram's wider social commerce plans. But the idea of a feature that's designed to make you look at further content after you've caught up seems at odds with its original aim to stop users mindlessly scrolling for eternity. Now, we're going to stop there just for a minute because we've got a question to answer that was sent in to our Facebook group for Social Minds. This question is from Richard Dawson, who asked, does anyone have any insight on what's going on with LinkedIn algorithm-wise? It seems to have changed a little bit in the last week to 10 days. Hi, Richard. Thanks for your question. I'm going to do my best to answer it here. Now, as some have pointed out, it does feel like organic engagement for LinkedIn has fallen off a cliff. Now, I suspect it feels like that because if you can remember recently, there was a time when organic reach on LinkedIn was in high supply and seemingly you could go viral for posting about very little. Now, that's obviously changed now, which means you have to make the content that works hard for you work a little harder. In our case, that's been data and insights, but also some of the work we do to promote our agency's personal brands, not just Steve, but our strategy director, Mike and others. One thing I will say is that LinkedIn has said they are prioritizing dwell time on posts, which means it's a good idea to experiment with longer posts and if you can, spark a bit of conversation in the comments as well. Similar to what Eve was saying about Facebook. Rest assured, you're not alone, but this is definitely a time to experiment with what types of content work best for you and what types of comments you can invoke. Thank you for sending that question in, Richard. Now back to the stories. TikTok is available in 154 countries and 39 languages, but what's also quite incredible is the fact that when something is posted on average, it has a higher engagement rate than both Instagram and Twitter. Eve, this is a big one. Kids now spend nearly as much time watching TikTok as YouTube in the US, UK and Spain. Yeah, I'm glad someone has provided this research into what we already figured to be the case. It's clear to see that the time spent on TikTok has increased during COVID-19 lockdowns, but that increase is so large that it's left TikTok just minutes away from being equal to the time spent on YouTube. Now, even a year ago, I think everyone would have said those shoes were near impossible to fill. Um, in the US, for example, four to 15 year old kids average usage of TikTok hit 95 minutes per day compared with just two minutes more spent on YouTube, which is at 97 minutes. Now, our strategy director, Mike Blake Crawford said, TikTok is no longer an upstart, but this for me signifies that we're still in the throes of an evolving landscape and given technological shifts, dominance is still up for grabs. YouTube's dominance was built on the desktop era, and while it has adapted to mobile usage, it's still not truly mobile first. What TikTok has achieved is primarily driven from them betting on the mobile first generation and developing an app that taps into rising usage behavior. It's important to note as well that this research was done to measure the impact during lockdown periods, but to be honest, I doubt it'll go down in comparison to YouTube afterwards just because we're allowed out the house. A time for every app is naturally going to decline, but it's the difference between the two platforms which has shrunk dramatically. 
And I don't think that will revert very easily. The most obvious winner from the COVID-19 lockdown, Zoom video communications. Now, Theo, Zoom encryption won't be available for everyone. What does that mean? Yeah, that's right. This announcement came off the back of Zoom's highly anticipated Q1 earnings, which didn't disappoint with $328.2 million in revenue for the quarter. Now, this came despite Zoom being publicly accused for not being secure enough and for collecting unnecessary amounts of data. Still, we continued to use the service in lockdown and by all accounts, it became a household name. But will that continue to be the case long after lockdown? Zoom CEO Eric Ewan announced not long after the update that when encryption eventually launches, it will only be available for paying users. Now, the reason for this, they explained, was that Zoom plans to work with the FBI and law enforcement and does not want to become a hiding place for criminals. However, this comes at a time when more and more tech brands are moving towards greater encryption controls for all, not least Facebook, which has just launched Messenger Rooms. I did have hopes for Zoom to do as Snapchat has done and stay favourable among users despite attempts to clone its offering by Facebook. But I think Messenger Rooms will naturally be the more popular choice with users as a result. Perhaps Zoom knows this and is relying on its loyal paying customers and the revenue it generates from them instead of the free market. So one of the most meaningful interactions that we can have with any other human being is a conversation. And that's why threads and replies to specific comments under your post also carry weight in the algorithm. And lastly, Eve, Facebook is prompting comments with new engagement stats. Yes, Facebook is adding some more metrics to its analytics platform that shows brands how comments affect the success of your post. And getting people to talk about your post is super important for maximizing reach. So Facebook is looking to highlight to page managers how important comments can be with this update. Now, the stats will show a percentage figure related to how many more reactions and impressions your posts have achieved when it gets a comment based on data from the last 28 days. So that will allow you to measure the performance of a post success before and after comments or A-B test similar posts with comments as the variable. Now, something our strategy director, Mike, pointed out, though, is that since the meaningful engagement algorithm change and the subsequent shifts in user behavior, comments have become the most valuable Facebook engagement type. Now, I wonder if that was what they meant by meaningful all along. We should also look out for how these new engagement stats will integrate within reporting on Facebook, which Mike says will depend on how the data is displayed within the insights on the back end. Hopefully, though, this can provide brands with a greater understanding of comments impact on reach, which, as we know, is critical to refining performance on Facebook and informing your strategy over time. Interesting there about comments, Eve, because I do think they are often overlooked in favour of likes and other reactions. But one story I do want to go back to is Twitter, because I've been, I know you're a massive fan of Twitter, but I've been especially impressed with their reaction to Black Lives Matter, with Trump. And I really think they have been kind of a shining light in terms of a platform at the moment and how a platform should act and some of the, the changes they should bring about. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I know it seems like it's all come along at once, like they've had a really few busy weeks. I'm not really sure why that is. It seems to just ebb and flow and they've just been getting a few things done. And I think a lot as well in response to obviously Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on with Trump. I especially like the retweet feature. I think it's a really smart move to stop the spread of misinformation. The only thing I'm not really happy about, though, is Fleets, which is Twitter's version of stories. Just because I still don't really understand how or I can't picture how that will integrate into the platform right now. I've heard like a lot of arguments saying because it's a short form update for a short form platform, it will fit in. But 
it's going to deviate pretty far away from the 280 character format that we know on Twitter. And, you know, going back to your story, Theo, on Instagram stories, the fact that they're now doubling down on how many you can see, they're increasing time spent there. And as soon as they introduce stories, Instagram that is, consumption on the feed went way down. And I just don't want that to happen for Twitter, but that seems to be the pattern with stories. So I'm not really sure what their goal is. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't really understand this update because I feel like, you know, we've seen instances of where other uh, companies have tried to clone the stories format and it just doesn't work. There's, I mean, I believe we've got YouTube stories now and I've, I'll be mm. honest, I've, I've not used that at all. There's WhatsApp mm. status, which I know some people use, but again... It, I've never seen anyone use that. I'm convinced it's a conspiracy. It's a strange one it is very much you know limited to one or two people among my hundred or whatever contacts but I mean in terms of Twitter I think you've hit the nail on the head there by saying that you don't want this feature to deflect attention away from the feed which is you know the 280 character tweets which is Twitter's USP and where everything happens and as well it's it strikes me that Twitter is a platform where conversation moves quite quickly I know it's not all ephemeral but it is very much of the moment Mm. Yeah, no, it, no, you're right. And I, I don't really understand then why ephemeral content will like add to that, even though it kind of fits the principle. You know, people don't really mind tweeting something and then, you know, they don't mind that it doesn't disappear in a day because people just scroll past it anyway. It gets buried very quickly. I don't know. I'll, I'll wait to see, of course, until it comes to the UK and probably to the US first is where we'll get a good look at it. But I am sceptical for the time being. I completely agree with you. But yes, as you said, we've got to see it. You know, we could be proved wrong. It has been known to happen. (laughs) Me with Lee. Yeah. (laughs) That's it for this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, if you want to send us a question, all the details to do so will be in the description. Yes. And in addition to that, just a reminder that we are on an alternating schedule. So next week we'll have an interview with a very special guest. We won't say much more than that, but hope you enjoy it. And uh, we will see you soon. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to leave us a review on iTunes because it really, really helps and allows us to bring you brand new episodes every single week. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young, and produced by Ollie Thompson. 